Welcome to the Zombie Cutter Podcast, where less is more, worse is better, and features have purpose. This is the lead undead software engineer, Andrew, speaking from a small house in the Midwest, a small uh, farmstead, you might even say, and I'm talking about all things open source, software development, coding, and all that sort of wonderful fun as far as technology goes. It's a very wet, moderately cool day, and I again am speaking from far too early in the morning to be awake. And today we're going to talk about a subject that is one of the more commonly questioned uh, things as far as software development goes, and that is the importance or lack thereof of a college degree. Well, like any big life decision that really matters, there's not an easy answer to this. Uh, no matter what I say as far as uh, this conversation goes, there's going to be somebody that's going to hate my answer. Uh, if I say, hey, go straight to college, definitely don't even think about it. There's going to be a large horde of people that will inform me that college did not work for them and that they indeed have never met somebody out of college that knew their way to program out of a paper bag. And then there's going to be the folk that finished college that feel that everybody should have to go through the process of exploration and initiation to the adult world that is the university system. And well, I kind of fall in the middle on that. I, I don't really have an overly strong opinion one way or the other. I did go to college, and I see that there is a need for it. At the end of the day, college and, and code academies and whatever you would do to prepare yourself for a career or an entrepreneur uh, attitude, uh, starting your own company, they are tools to set you up in that direction. And so really the question becomes what direction do you want to go in? And we can kind of start and we can look at the cold hard truth of what it means to interview for a job. And at the end of the day, when you sit down in front of somebody to interview or you put your resume in the pile or you go seek employment with somebody else, that person has a list of requirements that they think that job requires. And if you're at a larger company or a more formalized organization, there likely exists a spreadsheet. And that spreadsheet is going to have various columns and rows of uh, qualifiers as far as you go that will put you into a category that will assign you a, a, a salary. And it could be as something as simple as if person A comes in and has eight years of experience, then they make this much. If they have eight years of experience plus a college degree, then they make this much. Uh, that is a common thing. If you've ever seen how teaching jobs uh, are paid or government jobs are paid, uh, you will see uh, that you can predict your exact rate of pay based off of years of service and a degree and uh, know exactly how much you're going to make or not make regardless of your uh, well, sometimes even in any performance. The key thing here is that your college degree is just part of a larger picture. And that picture doesn't necessarily have to involve a college degree. And one of the things that I have heard repeatedly, as far as a criticism of the university system goes, is that it does not prepare you for the professional world. And I think that's really a valid criticism, especially if you start looking at uh, 
the expectation of what you will learn with, say, a computer science degree and the expectation of what you get with a computer science degree. As far as this podcast goes, I don't think I can give strong advice on that, but what maybe I can do is help prevent buyer's remorse for those that go into the university system or those that go into the coding academy systems. And I would start off with a generic criticism of any for-profit university or coding academy. And that is to realize that if you go to a for-profit school, especially if we're talking about uh, your DeVries or your ITT techs, you are not necessarily fitting into the university system as far as what would be expected of a comp sci graduate. And, and that can be good or bad. Uh, coding academies, same thing, uh, although they don't even pretend to be a, a college degree. And the sort of disadvantage of, of both of these, which is also the advantage, is that they are not fitting in uh, with a kind of predefined system. So they can focus on what they feel is maybe more necessary for industry. And so if you look at something like a, a coding academy that prepares you to do web development, you might have a very good skill of web development when you're done that would match you with a potential employer fairly immediately. Whereas a university degree is not intended to match you with an exact employer. It's intended to give you a skill set that an employer can recognize. And so with that kind of disclaimer out of there, I'm going to talk about the computer science degree, what you should expect to get from it, and why you might choose a different degree. And we'll start with why you might choose a different degree. And that is that really the computer science degree is more of an applied mathematics uh, certification or, or applied mathematics or degree than anything else. If you look at other degrees available to you going in, there are degrees that would give you far more access to hands-on tech. And of those, I'm really thinking about electrical engineering and computer engineering. Now, neither of those will focus on the elements of programming that you might be interested in, especially electrical engineering, where you're going to do things that really have no relation to uh, computers in general or, or limited re relation potentially, especially if you get into analog uh, signal analysis and that sort of thing. But uh, computer engineering is a rather new degree. Kind of, it, it kind of crosses the boundary a little bit between electrical engineering and, and the computer science world. And for universities that offer that, it might be a better option if you want to do more hands-on. And indeed, I think the advantage of both of those sorts of degrees, as well as some of the others that, that people tend to miss, is what does the university give you as far as resources go? And, and especially with something like a chemistry or physics degree, where your university has, hopefully, especially if you're at a major university, has extensive uh, lab equipment available, you're going to have a lot more available to you than you would really have access to at home. Electrical engineering is an example. There are opportunities to actually have ICs made 
that you would have to pay an insane or inordinate amount of money yourself, but by virtue of you being associated with the university and that university potentially doing a project, if you get in on that project, you can get some experience that would be really hard to get otherwise, especially on your own as a self-taught person. So when you're picking the degree, look at the resources available. And computer science, I would even include that as far as resources available. One of the things I didn't really take advantage of in my university experience was access to the library and to academic journals. As a professional, we, we have to beg, borrow, and steal to get access to academic journals, especially if we were, we're doing uh, our own research. It's really a, a kind of pay-to-play system. And so as a professional, when you see new research coming up, especially if it's related to your field and you want to look at that, it, it can be difficult to actually get access to that. Whereas as a university student, you, you probably have access to that resource directly. You probably also have access to some very fancy, nice commercial packages, uh, MATLAB being one of those. If you're an electrical engineer, depending on your school, you might have access to uh, commercial CAD software. Both of those being really high dollar packages that you can learn uh, for pennies uh, versus being self-employed or, or self-taught. Let's talk about the computer science degree. Uh, that's the one that in the past I've actually had listed as a job requirement for uh, candidates that I would want to hire, as well as it's the degree that I have. And it's the degree that I feel is most misunderstood in the software world. Because there's an assumption that if you want to be a programmer, you should go to school and get a computer science degree. And really, I think for a lot of people that want to go into the professional world, a software engineering degree would be a better choice. I don't know that computer science degrees make sense for the vast majority of programmers out there. And... I can support that argument by taking a look at the categorization of programmers in industry. There's an article that LinkedIn ran where they divided software engineering into six specialties. And my experience speaks to these six specialties being fairly accurate as far as what you could expect in the industry. And those were embedded in application, front end, infrastructure and cloud, machine learning and data science, mobile, and finally test and QA. And all of those have a degree of relation to a computer science degree, but at the end of the day, machine learning and data science is the one that I would say has a high relation. Uh, some of the others, especially the front end work, really... I don't know that I've seen anybody develop good skill in front-end work in anything to do with comp sci degree. The, the best I've seen are if you have some general elective classes on psychology or a user experience, but uh, those skills don't tend to develop as part of a comp sci degree. And most stuff... In, in your generic computer science degree is very not exactly related to that. Uh, the area that I looked for people with comp sci degrees was the, the machine learning and data science. And really in that, that field, 
as far as I was concerned, I was looking for somebody almost with a math background. That I was really interested in somebody that had a very good understanding of statistics, a very strong understanding of algorithms, and a very strong understanding of how to put those things together. We did things like take a MATLAB application and uh, move it over to C++ uh, after the data analysis had been done to verify the algorithm. Even though MATLAB has uh, uh, tools for doing that, it, in our case at least, turned out to be a better solution uh, to, to re revamp the code in C++ uh, just so that we could have a better control and handle on it as far as requirements and licensing and well, I won't bore you too much there. But point being that we really were more uh, data and science focused. And so Comp Sci Degree had a lot of relation to that. If you're going to go customize uh, WordPress sites for somebody, you probably aren't going to care uh, that uh, you know how to do all the calculus and linear algebra associated with uh, rendering the screen. Um, really, what you're caring about is a good user experience and a good flow. And most of that, as far as comp sci degree, like I said earlier, would be elective work, not even part of the core degree. And so really you can easily come out of, of a college with not having any of the skills that you wanted. Let's get into the exact mechanics of the computer science degree on its own. And Really, kind of the first thing we kind of got to get it out of the way is the university gen ed requirements. And when I would look at a potential hire, I saw a university degree of any sort as kind of a sign that that person could, at least on a base level, read, write, understand English, and get to work at least mostly on time most days if they had to. I I think that's kind of a sad statement of our university system in general, but it is at least some base level of expectation I would have of that person and what they were capable of. And I think any university degree gives you that. I also think pointing to a few years of full-time employment gives you that. The problem being that a lot of full-time employment requires a university degree anymore. Uh, but if you can get that full-time employment, even if it's not programming otherwise, that, in my mind, offsets the uh, the lack of the university degree. But if you're only working part-time, I'm going to have that question if you don't have a degree uh, in general. And the next set of elements uh, we would really discuss as far as the computer science degree goes would be base-level knowledge of computer architecture and algorithms. And this is one of the general uh, uh, subjects that you would expect to have. You would have had an introductory class uh, to programming, so I would expect there to be some base level of knowledge as far as programming goes. I'm not going to expect a programming wizard out of this. And indeed, my general qualifier for a university graduate is, can you write a simple loop that prints something out? Do you understand what a loop is? And then can you kind of differentiate different programming paradigms? I am not expecting somebody to come in, have familiarity with a number of frameworks, have familiarity with how to set up a major application, uh, do a very large project and make sure it goes from completion to end. 
I'm just going to expect that they can sit at a text editor and for whatever language they claim they learned at college, sit and write a basic Hello World level program. Uh, On the computer architecture side, there's a lot there that I see lacking in university students that I would expect to be granted by a comp sci degree. And that really gets into what the processor is, how how networking works at a high level, the the basic things where the computer is a little less magic uh, than it is for an average person. I think if you open up the case to a computer, a computer science degree graduate would hopefully at least be able to see okay, yeah, that thing there that has, uh, it sits in the center and has this huge uh, piece of heat sink on it, that's probably the processor, and that probably does these things as far as computer goes. I, I would hope that. That's not necessarily been in my experience true, but I would, I would hope they'd have like a bare minimum knowledge of how a computer, a modern computer, is put together and how data and code interact or are the same thing and what that kind of means as far as implications go, how that networking basically works. And again, not an advanced understanding of all this, just a better-than-your-person-off-the-street level. So really, you have a general idea of computing here. And and if that sounds like that's not that much, I'd agree, where I would expect there to be substantially more is in the areas of discrete mathematics, probability and statistics, linear algebra, and, and to a smaller extent, calculus. And really, I'm going to focus in on discrete mathematics and linear algebra both. If you're coming to me with a computer science degree, those are the things that I would expect you to know really inside and out and and not necessarily of the inside and out that you can take a math test on it but inside and out enough that if you saw a set of uh, matrix manipulations that you would at least understand at a bare minimum level what they do and what they mean and, and how to how to do that and if I was looking at you for kind of the computer science graduate role that that, that I had before in mind here, I would really want you to be able to do things like invert a matrix and uh, explain what single value decomposition means and, and do a couple of these different operations, not necessarily by hand, uh, potentially with another tool, but I would expect you to kind of get the meaning of those. So if you saw them in context of a larger software project, you could actually use it and, and use it well. And far as discrete mathematics goes, that to me would basically be the understanding of Boolean algebra and if an if statement exists, exactly how that if statement works and how to change that if statement into the inverse so that you can basically switch your your if and else around. That would be my expectation for the uh, discrete mathematics. And, And so really, at the end of the day, I hope what you're seeing here is that a computer science degree is more theoretical in basis and should allow somebody to work with these theoretical concepts. I am not expecting a computer science graduate 
to come in and do uh, immediate uh, software development of, of a mass scale. I'm not even expecting them to have experience in that area. And if I'm hiring somebody fresh out of school at that point, I'm going to expect them to need substantial mentoring. That kind of gets into the, the larger issue as far as a computer science graduate goes of, okay, how do I get experience when I have none? And, and why does everybody want experience? And, and the answer is, if you go into a workplace, they know what I just said about a computer science graduate, that you haven't had to do that thing, that you're getting this huge basis in more theoretical uh, foundations. And so the answer really is, hopefully while you're at college, to do an internship. And that's where the the hiring manager is going to look and say, okay, they interned at such and such corporation or, you know, maybe a smaller company and they got exposure to these technologies. And that should tell whoever you're looking at or, or whoever's looking at hiring you that, okay, yes, they have a degree of, of experience or skill set that at a minimum proves they can learn and continue going on. And if you don't do the internship thing, which was something I made the mistake of doing, you're almost in the same spot as somebody that doesn't have a degree at that point. Because what you really have now is, well, a lot of theoretical knowledge that may or may not be able to be applied. And there's not really a lot of roles out there for just a bachelor's level understanding of the theoretic knowledge. If we go back to that uh, matrix from LinkedIn, the highest, most in-demand, highest paying, most in-demand jobs as far as the programming industry goes right now are in data science and machine learning. That is basically due to supply and demand. You don't have a lot of people with the full educational background necessary to go into that. And so what you have is, you know, a limited number of spots with a desire for those people. Now, if you really want to work that sort of role, chances are you're going to need at least a master's or a PhD. Uh, that's, that's something that I, in, in my career, have actually gone back and started restarted my education uh, to try to kind of ad advance to there, partially because I'm just a curious person, but partially because I find the field interesting. There are some people, shockingly enough, or I, I guess unshockingly for some, that really don't have a huge uh, college background and are doing cool work there, but, but they are the exception to the rule. Uh, the other areas, though, uh, largely are more applied. Um, the area that I have spent a lot of my career in is in the embedded and application space. That's also one of the higher paid areas. It's also one of the areas where there's a lot of people that are older, most of the people in that field have substantial experience and or college degrees. And so if you're somebody that's younger wanting to break into embedded development, you're going to have to compete with people that have college degrees, people that are much more experienced and that are going to look better on paper. And that, that's going to be a hard challenge for you. The other sort of disadvantage of the embedded and application space is that it is a lot uh, smaller as far as demand goes. And so 
in this particular area, if you don't have a college degree, you're going to have a really hard time because there's not the demand for jobs and roles. And there's more people out there looking for those with more experience than you will probably have, or at least having a degree if they're breaking in for the first time. That leaves the other four areas, um, and each one of those has pluses or minuses goes, but in my my experience and from what I've seen as far as interacting with, with each of those subsets of specialty, largely you could get by without a college degree or with going to a coding center, provided that you can overcome that initial hurdle of getting in the door and having somebody accept what you have as experience and having somebody accept that you are qualified for the job. That kind of leads back to the coding academies. So we've talked a little bit about computer science degree and and what it means. Let's talk about the coding academy. If you have a non-related degree, I think that is probably the best use of a coding academy as far as breaking into the industry goes. You have, for example, a degree in mathematics, which is, honestly, these days, it might as well be a computer science degree. But let's say you have a degree in mathematics or chemistry or physics, some hard science, maybe English, uh, but you have a college degree. I think that is where a coding academy will excel because when you leave then, you'll have a background as far as some basic theory and maybe not computer science, but if math, maybe that's even better and the practical skill set to back that up. Very, very attractive as far as the thing goes. And if you're a computer science degree uh, student that didn't get uh, an internship or some practical experience, maybe a coding academy uh, background or certification can really help get your foot in the door and get your career started. And really, I think that is probably the dirty secret of these coding academies when they talk about their success rates is that how many of those people that went in might have managed to get a job otherwise uh, with their pre-existing credentials, but they just needed a little bit more of a push forward. If you are 18 or 19, I just don't think a coding academy would make a lot of sense. If you don't want to go the degree uh, route, I think something like uh, maybe even skilled trades, uh, if you're an electrician, I've actually known quite a few software engineers that, uh, funny enough, came from being electricians and and kind of got into it that direction. But something that really pushes some boundary, don't go to college light and don't expect the the six months to a year of training to be equivalent to a four-year degree. Uh, For better or worse, you might say, yeah, two years of that degree are wasted time. But two years of that are going to be Fairly intense uh, training, at least if you take it seriously. Kind of one of the other things to remember about the degree folk is uh, there is a a vast range of skill of graduate because the person that graduates with a barely passing GPA and the person that graduates uh, with a 4.0, really at some point you don't know uh, the difference outside of their skill level. And if that person with a 4.0 doesn't continue to advance their skills, and the person with the barely passing GPA uh, continues to advance their skills, at some point, they, they will flip places. And likewise, if that person 
uh, that has that, you know, that really good college experience uh, continues to double down and learn, um, they're going to have a, a much better uh, a starting point. Potentially, it's what they have made it that matters there. And, and that varies a lot between people. And finally, a word on GPAs. Um, that, that's kind of the other element of that I, I've had asked of me. And the short answer is, I don't care. As, as a hiring manager, I only looked at GPAs if they were provided. And if they were low, I would care because they told me. And I thought they were stupid. If you tell me that uh, straight up without me asking that you barely passed college, when you can just leave that off, I don't know what you're thinking. I, I really, it's not a good move to make. And so it speaks to me more of uh, a lack of a, a salesmanship when I see a low GPA, uh, because otherwise I probably haven't even asked. If I see a high GPA and you're fresh out of college, and I mean fresh out of college, like I'm interviewing on graduation day, and you haven't had any experience yet. The, the high GPA, I don't say either you're a really good cheater, uh, in, in which case I'm probably interested in hiring you because uh, you've demonstrated the ability to uh, do what most great programmers do, and that's copy. Or you are uh, good at playing the system, in which case I'm also probably going to want to hire you because uh, you, you know how to do that. So a, a high GPA does say some positive things, but... Really, that goes away after your first job. And at that point, I really start looking at, well, why did their experience last this long? And what, what was the, why did they only stay two months at this job? Or especially if I start seeing a series of somewhere between three and four months engagements uh, with various people. If you're not a contractor and I see that, there's a problem and I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to want to put the effort in, into bringing you into the organization and getting you up to speed because by the time that organization invests in you, chances are you're going to leave. If I see a bunch of one to two year stints, that's a little different. Um, I think that's actually fairly common in our field. It's what I did for a while as well and it served me well. I've been in my current roles substantially longer than that, but uh, when I was getting out, it was it was a good way to advance quickly, and so I I don't judge people that I've I've seen do that. But back to the GPA, yeah, it doesn't matter after you've been really employed for any amount of time, and at some point it just becomes kind of a okay, yeah, you got a 4.0 20 years ago. I really don't give a about it. Because at that point, it's so distant in the past. Really what matters is, is the, the present day experience. One thing I have seen, and I, I do not know that there's an easy way to overcome it, but those that do not get degrees tend to suffer from a degree of a salary impediment in that when you get that first role, to get experience, maybe you settle for a lower dollar figure than you are worth. And that continues on throughout your career. At some point, uh, maybe you, you, know, you, you do the work to actually uh, 
get the the recognition you deserve and, and get the the salary you deserve. But quite a few people I've known have suffered uh, greatly as far as salary goes due to settling earlier on in their career as somebody without a degree and, and essentially being taken advantage of. And that will do it for this particular uh, conversation as far as uh, college and degrees and the university system goes. I don't know if you're thinking of an undead thing, that there's not something quite as undead as universities. They seem to last uh, much past when they should. I think there are such better ways of doing things as far as uh, the, the learning goes and the community goes. It's a sad thing that we have not innovated as a society and maybe we're starting to see some of that now. Maybe we'll see a little more opportunity to learn and grow without having to have a university background. One of the things I think is really cool with some of the programs online right now are that uh, professionals can go and refresh their skills. That is an amazing thing. I think it's really it's going to be the future to me. Uh, I think it should be expected that we as professionals go and refresh our skills. One thing that uh, I, I will kind of trail off here with is that at some point in time, I feel that we're going to be in for the industry a day of reckoning where the government is going to step in and we will start seeing regulation of the sort of regulation that doctors uh, saw uh, see, around about 100 years ago, where it really went from being able to be a doctor to having a more strict, uh, stringent requirement uh, to practice medicine. I think that those with degrees will have an advantage at that point because I could see the government uh, or, or the mandated thing for at least a few fields. Uh, if you're interested in doing avionics or self-driving cars or any of these sort of areas of software that can kill people, I, I suspect that uh, those might at some point require a degree to get involved in. And that would be due to, you know, some sort of uh, certification or licensure sort of thing. And that if you have a degree, uh, you're probably going to be better off if that lands. So when you're looking at the whole calculus of your decision, Keep in mind, if you're going to go into one of those fields, that maybe as a backup plan, you, you would like to have that uh, if that should ever come to pass. Well, that'll be it for this episode of The Zombie Coder. And as I said before, this is the lead undead software engineer, Andrew, talking about all things tech. And hopefully from now on, we can just put this university question to bed and not have to worry about it anymore when I do another uh, episode where I look at common questions on the internet. Uh, it's really not my favorite subject. Until next time, Zombie Coder out. Music by Audionautics. This episode and others are available at Stitcher or Textux.com.